Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host, and as always, let's take a moment and just relax and focus and remind ourselves that we don't need to achieve anything. We don't need to get God's attention, that we already have his unconditional love. His, we already have his unconditional approval. He is committed to meeting your needs, to drawing you to him, that you've Every circumstance in your life, you have already agreed to. In your spirit, you know, you even know the purpose of the circumstances you're going through right now. Now, some people, you know, are in the middle of a war, a literal war. Others are just being inconvenienced. Whatever it is, God has crafted those circumstances for you, not to show you up, not to reveal your weakness, even though it's that's part of it, but rem- remember, you are a spirit. You are a spirit being, and you have a soul, and you live in a body, and your spirit is already one with God. So your spirit already has all the answers, already sees the end from the beginning, and your spirit is already experiencing eternal life, is already satisfied in the kingdom of God. You already have everything you need for life and godliness in your spirit. Again, our problem is our soul. Our soul is in the process of being restored. It's in the process of being healed. And we've spent some time previously talking about the different aspects of soul. Really, it's more important just to understand that the distinction between our soul and our spirit, so much of what we speak of as spirit, like spiritual growth. There is no spiritual growth. Your spirit is one with God. God doesn't grow. Our problem is our soul, and our soul, and it's it's really not even growth. It's restoration. So for our purposes, we always talk about the soul in terms of mind, will, and emotions, and that's different than the brain. It's different than, you know, feeling, you know, uh, feeling fear, for instance, that's that's natural induced. And our emotions, you know, um, and and then making decisions. You know, we don't have to think about eating. That's part of our natural, uh, the the natural choices we make. So. We try to simplify the approach because in our, our own strength, 
in the strength of our soul, we try to figure out God. And we try to figure out spirit. And we try to come up with answers. We try to come up with answers about, about our circumstances. Why is this happening to me? And that's, you know, that's the age-old question. Why do bad things happen to good people? Why do good things happen to bad people? And we, have, we always come back to maybe someday we'll know. And sometimes God even answers us. But really, what we're looking for is for ourselves, for right now, what is God working in us and through us to restore our soul? And our soul wants to be restored. Your soul this is the, you know, we can call it being double-minded. Your, your soul is swinging back and forth between hearing and, and, and feeling and experiencing the oneness with your spirit that it was created to be. Your spirit is meant to be one with your soul. So your spirit is calling your soul to reunion but your soul also has had a lifetime of doing things its own way and we you know we can think about oh you know willpower and discipline and you know coming up with good habits and and all those are are good but so often all they do is strengthen your soul apart from your spirit. This is one of the reasons we've so often emphasized the need for waiting on God. Because he is the only one who can restore your soul. You can't do it. You, in your soul, you can, again, we try to understand, okay, if I, if I submit, for instance, in this area, God will do this, this, and this. And if I'm strong in this area, or if I make this decision, or if I stop doing that, this bad habit, then God will restore my soul. None of that is true, because only God can restore your soul, your mind, your will, and emotions. Now, your soul has experienced trauma my soul has experienced trauma because we can define trauma as not having its needs met your soul has legitimate needs god recognizes those needs over time he withdraws meeting those needs so that we will need him so that we will need spirit. It's, and it's not about achievement or success. It's much more about contentment with where we are right now. Where you are right now is where God wants you. So in your mind, what are, what are you stressing out about in your mind? In your will, what do you feel pressure to do? Stress, 
regret, in your emotions, what is driving you? What do you? Is there an area you feel out of control? Probably our greatest opportunity is to simply experience those aspects of our soul without responding, with, the, with just letting them come and go, you know, for them to come to pass, that they don't come to stay, they come to pass. Those are all God-given aspects of your soul. You know, and, and he's given us the, put us in this world that has all different kinds of, the world system has, is part of, is one of our enemies. Our, our soul, our flesh, the soul that, that does things its own way is an enemy. And then, of course, the devil and his little critters are an enemy. But God, this is how we learn. This is how we learn our own limitations. This is how we learn our needs, is he lets our enemies come after us. This is how we find out our weaknesses. This is how we find out that we need him, that we can't we will continue a bad habit as long as it works. So God lets the strength of our soul fail. So we've been looking at the different aspects of our soul and giving, you know, trying to learn about our mind, trying to learn about our soul, trying to learn about our emotions, not to define them but so that God can teach us, so that we can learn how they function. Your soul is a gift. It's God's gift to you. It's not who you are. It's, let's say it's like a musical instrument that God gave you, and he wants you to learn how to use that musical instrument. Just leaving it you know, in the closet, you're never going to get good at it. So he wants you to bring that musical instrument out of the closet. And guess what? When you first start learn to using, to, learning to use it, you're going to be bad at it, unless you're some kind of a prodigy. But you're going to practice. You're going to get an instructor. You're going to read the instructions. You're going to see how others use it. Perhaps you'll join with others that also use similar instruments or the same or you can enjoy the, the process with others as well. Avoid some mistakes. Make some brand new mistakes of your own. But it's, there's a process there. And it's, it's not that you're trying to glorify the instrument or that the instrument will even satisfy you. But that this gift, your, the, the soul that God gave you, is not meant to satisfy you. Only God, only spirit will satisfy. But for our time here on this earth and maybe before, maybe after, our soul is meant to be in the process of restoration, 
of healing, of overcoming. So we learn how our soul works. Not so we can understand it, not so we control control it, not so it can get stronger or be perfected or serve God better or find our purpose or reach the next level. None of that. But so that we can become one spirit, soul, and body. And since, our, again, our spirit is already one with God. So as your soul becomes one with your spirit, your soul becomes one with God. And your body and soul become one with your spirit. Body and soul become one with God. Again, you know, to try to fathom what that looks like. You know, and there have been some that think they've achieved some level of, of oneness. And that's that's a folly. There's only been one after since the fall and that was Christ. That was the Son of God Himself. And he didn't have any flesh to overcome. He didn't have the problem with his soul that you and I do. That was the area he he did not have, he, he could not experience what you and I experience. Because his soul and body were always one with his spirit. He was always one, spirit, soul, and body, in his father. You and I were in the process. But part of our understanding is, as we learn about our soul, we question our emotions, we question our actions, we, we, our behaviors, our, our feelings, our thoughts. We question them. And there's some value in that as long as we don't insist on the answer. God puts us in situations to challenge our soul. For our soul to reach its limits. Again, not so your soul will get stronger. You know, like we think, okay, our our soul, we're going to exercise it like a muscle. And our muscle will get bigger and then we'll be more valuable to God. No. God puts us in situations where our soul reaches its limits. For your mind, your will, and your emotions when they meet those limits, they find we find we fail. And and so many of us, that's the worst possible thing that could happen, is to fail, to make a mistake, to look back and go, you know, what was I thinking? Why did I do that? Why couldn't I have made a better choice? decision you made that feeling you had the thing that happened at that in that circumstance that's part of what god has for each one of us and your spirit agreed to it because all these mistakes all these failures all these regrets all the wounds all lead us funnel funnel us towards the acceptance that we need God, that we need spirit, we need eternal life, that we will never achieve what we truly desire 
that only God can do that. Only God can restore our soul. So you have wounds and misunderstandings in your mind. And you have wounds and, and believe lies in your will and in your emotions. And we accept that. We go, okay, I get that. But then what do we do? We try to fix it. We try to prevent it from happening again. We try to control. And I think if we spent less time on what others have set up as our goal and instead accept, be, be far more patient with ourselves, with our circumstances, Think about any pressure you have right now, whether it's from work or from family or from the economy. What if you didn't have to be achieve a certain goal in an area? What if you just let go in an area and, and decide, let's say economically, maybe you have to make a major change. Maybe you have to just, if you just went ahead and did something, made that change, don't worry about it being a perfect change, the, the perfect choice. Just make the change. Just try. Or in a relationship, you need to make a change. You need to break something off. You need to start something. Just go ahead and, and without, without worrying it to doubt, without researching the heck out of it, just go ahead and make the change. Now, there's going to be plenty of times when God puts you in the situation where he wants you to do the research, where he, but it's going to be from a sense of contentment. And this is part of our, our, our balance that we're looking at now, is that as we accept that God is healing our soul and restoring it, he's also teaching us how our soul works. Your soul functions in the soulful realm, which is part of the supernatural realm. And I would say for the most part, we are ignorant of how our soul works and how the supernatural realm works. Now, I think we each get a glimpse, an experience, a concept of what the supernatural realm is like. And, uh, you know, again, part of our challenge is to remind ourselves almost constantly that, that it's the supernatural realm that we're experiencing, which is not perfect. It's not an accurate representation of spirit. It's not spirit. Supernatural simply means above natural. And I think... You know, dare I say that uh, we have a lot of ideas about what heaven and hell are like, you know, like the afterlife experiences. But those are based in the supernatural realm, not the spiritual. We, we see through a glass darkly. We have filters on our mind, will, and emotions, on our soul, that interpret our experiences in the supernatural realm to suit our beliefs 
to help us maintain control. God knows that you want control. God knows that that's the main driving force of your soul. He created your soul that way. He doesn't hold it against you that that's the driving force of your soul because that's what he made it to be. So like a horse, you know, we put a bit in its mouth to try to control it. But this its strength, we accept that this is what a horse does, is it's strong and we need to control it. There's no getting angry at a horse for being a horse or an elephant for being an elephant or a snake for being a snake. That's what God created them to be. God created you, your soul to be the way your soul is. Now, your soul is different than mine. We each have a, a unique soul that God gifted each one of us with. Now, sometimes you wonder, why didn't he give us similar, you know, far more similar experiences, far more similar wounds and, you know, challenges? And, and souls, our temperaments are, are so, there's a lot we have in common, but there's, we each bring something different to our particular soul. Why, why, why do that? Why that diversity? And I think it's so we don't try to be like someone else. We don't accept someone else's experience as our own, someone else's answers as our own. Because one of the things God values above all is you, you as an individual. He is infinitely creative, and he created you, and you bring him joy. You bring him anticipation, excitement, satisfaction. He looks at you and is happy. And it's not because of how well you're doing, of how well you've progressed. It's simply because you are his, and it's his nature to love you. And it's his love is expressed by giving. And again, it's a reminder our, our, as our spirit nature is also love and is expressed through giving. Love cannot be contained. The nature of God cannot be contained. It's like water. It will go where it wants to go. And it can't be halted. It can be channeled, but it can't be halted. And the more circumspect we can be specifically about as God, and I mean that by responding, as God puts his finger on something, the quicker we are to respond and say, what are you saying about this? What do you want me to do? Teach me about this. You don't have to have the answers. If God is tapping your shoulder about something, or you failed in an area, or life handed you lemons, and you're trying to make lemonade, but the lemonade squeezer is broken, or it turns out the lemons were sour, 
and you feel like a failure and nothing's going your way. Don't get caught up in that. Those are merely circumstances that God has placed in your life for you. And the more we can just accept what those circumstances are as we wait for him and wait on him and wait with him, the freer he is to reveal himself in those circumstances and draw your soul to your spirit. Because again, your soul wants, is caught in that, that catch-22. Your soul wants to be reunited with your spirit, but it also wants to, is resisting that reunion in order to maintain control. And sometimes we think, well, you know, I'm exhausted. I, you know, why, I want to, my soul to be reunited with spirit so I don't have to do any work because I'm just so exhausted of trying to run my own life and making all these mistakes. And you know what? That's still control. That's still your soul setting the boundaries on God. Because right when you are the weakest, he might give you the biggest task. And it's not up to us to say, God, I'm so exhausted. Why can't you just, you know, please just reunite my soul with my spirit and be done with it? Or I'm letting, you know, I'm giving you permission to do whatever you want. And then he gives us more to do and more challenges. He is, he does all things well. He knows exactly what you need. He knows exactly what wounds to heal and what order to heal them. I'm sure most of us are aware of areas in our life that we cannot overcome, that we've struggled with. You know, the proverbial going around the mountain over and over again. You know, uh, a temper. Why do I always get mad at this person or can't keep a job or can't, you know, have struggle in relationships or uh, always want something more? Whatever, you know, whatever it is, whether it's a personal thing, it's, whether it's part of the mind, the will, or the emotions. We, are, we all recognize that we have stumbling blocks within us, challenges within us. And we think if God would just fix that, everything would be hunky-dory. Well, God is not obligated to just fix that. Very often, that's what compels us to spend more time with him. And really, that's what he's looking for. He's looking for you. Not what you can do. We benefit because he restores our soul. We benefit from being with him because he teaches us how the soulical world works, how the supernatural realm works. But he leads us and he guides us and he directs us and he coaches us and he expresses himself 
to us and reveals himself to us through our circumstances. But it's always about us. It's always about our relationship with him. And as we begin to accept that what's going on in our circumstances is not a reflection on our relationship with God. That's, that's been drilled into our head that, you know, again, if we're in the center of God's will, no harm will come to us. Well, that's just, you know, baloney. We know that. We can just look at, you know, life circumstances. You know, a natural disaster happens. Certainly Christians are involved. You know, they, they're killed in an earthquake or a volcanic eruption or a tsunami. They didn't do anything wrong, anything more than anybody else. And yet we go, okay, what did you do wrong? You know, you just lost everything. What did you, you must have displeased God. You know, be careful what you say because, you know, all these different platitudes that we hide behind when God simply wants us. He already has your spirit. He wants your soul and your body even. And the more time we spend with him, without, you know, without trying to hear him, but just being with him, available with him, letting him have his way. And most of the time, we won't even know that. We won't experience his presence. We won't know he's there. We, nothing will happen most of the time. And yet that's often when God is doing his greatest work in our soul to restore our soul, to reunite our soul with our spirit. Reunite. Because your soul is meant to be with your spirit. So we'll be getting back together again the same time next week. Drop me a line at Diane at therainersclub.org or through Blog Talk Radio. Until then, thanks for tuning in. This has been Diane Thomas of Rainers Radio. Have a great night. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.